0: Your ears do not deceive you. You You've just entered the Cryptid Creator Corner brought to you by your friends at Comic Book Yeti. So without further ado, let's get on to the interview.
1: Hello and welcome to uh, Comic Book Yeti's Cryptid Creator Corner podcast. I am one of the hosts, Jimmy Gasparro, and I am here to talk to the creator and writer of Tyranny of the Muse, a fantastic fantastic comic book that i recommend to everybody especially if you are in a creative field it is illustrated wonderfully by dave chisholm we're going to talk all about that but i am here with the writer eddie wright eddie thank you so much for um uh, bearing with the technical issues we had earlier and for um coming on to the podcast today how you doing
0: good thank you so much for having me i really appreciate it
1: yeah no i um uh i think katie uh one of the comic book getty contributors um i, I hope i got that right i think katie Legiera uh had reviewed tyranny of the muse and ever since i read her review i uh, wanted to read the comic book and then i did and then i really wanted to talk to you so i'm i'm glad that you're on the program today
0: yeah cool yeah me too thanks
1: so um i i, I so i don't forget to say this when i i was think a couple of pages into tyranny of the muse and I hadn't read your bio or anything else yet. And I was, I would have put good money that you were from New Jersey by the fact that uh uh Frank gets a pork roll egg and cheese.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you are yeah yeah I'm th- thank you so much for picking up on that. Yeah I intentionally put that in there as a little nod to my to my home state. And I intentionally called it a pork roll egg and cheese and not a Taylor ham egg and cheese because where I'm from in New Jersey, that's what we call it.
1: Sure. Well, I'm I'm from Delaware County right outside of Philly and I live in Wilmington now, but my wife is from Cherry Hill in South Jersey. So oh, yeah. Um, yeah, and both of her parents are from, now we're on Jersey Talk, uh, the podcast, but my her, her parents are from like the Linden area uh, a little further North, but- uh, that, is,
0: that is where my wife is from.
1: Yeah. oh okay yeah oh that's funny so yeah. in, in any event <laughs>
0: yeah. I grew up in, like central which some people don't think exists but i grew up in like central new jersey where we called it pork roll i live in north jersey now where they call it taylor ham and it's very strange
1: oh, okay <laughs> well i uh i i picked up on that but um well so let me talk about it. you're originally from new jersey um and uh, what how did you get your start into wanting to write
0: um yeah i was always a writer um even when i was a little kid i wrote i wrote stories um and then in college i got pretty serious about it i started writing fiction and then started um writing screenplays um and then at a certain point i i i discovered like you know i i have um you know some friends and we would make like short films together. And we always talked about making movies and trying to write something and and produce it and direct it and do all that stuff. And and I, and I got to a point where I was like, I, I could just actually write a story and, ha- and it's finished and I don't have to worry about shooting it. I don't have to worry about a budget. And so I decided to figure out how to write a novel. Um, and then I, I really had no interest in trying to get it published or anything like that. So I discovered I started just like reading up on self-publishing and and um and so i decided to self-publish a novel um and and that sort of taught me a lot um it it taught me sort of everything i i i took into the rest of my life like how to how to market things how to build a website how to do all of this stuff To and, and i it, the the book that i ended up writing was called broken bulbs um and that uh story ended up becoming what is now Tyranny of the Muse, um, I ended up deciding to adapt it into a comic book years later. Um, and, and so like, you know, it, it, it Broken Bulbs actually, it's sort of weird, like it, it kind of evolved. It started out as a screenplay that I was writing and then evolved into a book about a guy who's struggling to write a screenplay. And is now a graphic novel about a guy who's struggling to write a screenplay. <laughs> it's sort of just about it's just about failing as a writer and sort of and it's just sort of the story that I've been working on and failing at and then trying and turning it into something else for a long ass time now. Um but yeah, I I always I always was a writer. I was I was into, you know, I started out into interested in I've always been interested in comic books. Um, you know, I started out reading superhero comics like everybody else and then uh, like when I got serious about writing that's when I I discovered I took a class in in college and the teacher introduced me to Daniel Klaus and Charles Burns and all that kind of stuff and it sort of opened up opened up everything to me and and sort of introduced me to a whole world of of you know what is net what's called you know I guess indie comics and Mm -hmm. and and that kind of pushed me into sort of the the into the um the genre that I guess I'm in now um yeah sorry that was rambly but yeah
1: No, yeah, no it was uh it was a perfect writerly answer <laughs> <laughs> um well I mean so starting out writing fiction or writing screenplays and then writing a story and then have adapting it yourself did you have to do anything in particular? I mean, you know, you said you were familiar with comic books and then, you know, with other writers like and Daniel Klaus and Charles Burns. Um, did you have to do anything to try and figure out how now do I adapt this story? Or did it, it, you know, did you, could you, having that screenwriting experience or and or writing something that might be filmed one day, did that help you yeah. kind of figure out the paneling or the pacing of it?
0: It helped, like, it helped with the, not necessarily breaking it down into panels but it helped understanding how to tell a story visually versus just totally um in prose Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: so but writing comics is a is a is a whole other thing and it's very challenging um it's very challenging particularly if you're not a artist um and and so trying to write a a story i had to figure out how to tell a story as a comic book script and break it down. And in this panel, they're doing this in this panel, they're doing this in this panel, they're doing this. And and I think th- thinking of it as a screenplay helps because you sort of can visually see the story, but you're still only telling it in snapshots. You know, it's sort of like, what's the most important moment from this conversation? What's the most important moment from this conversation? And then figuring out how to write that in a way that an artist could then draw it is really challenging. Um, and so I, I really had to teach myself how to do that, um, which sort of like my entire writing career, hobby, whatever the hell it is that I'm doing, is like um, has been me sort of pushing myself and teaching myself how to do something new, you know. Mm. Um, and so it was it was a really interesting challenge, and it continues. I mean it it never stopped being a challenge. Like writing writing a comic book script. You know, there's sort of like this, this like filter between, you know, like when you write prose, you kind of can sit down and you just write it and the story's there. But in a comic book script, you can have the idea, you can have the story, and then you still have to filter it through something to get it into script form. So then it could become a comic. And so it's sort of like you're, you have to step back from it a little bit and you're kind of removed from the, the, from the material a little bit. Um, it's an interesting challenge.
1: Yeah. No, I think that makes sense, especially just you know as a writer, because then you're handing it off to you know somebody else in a sense, and a lot of it I think depends on how collaborative that experience is. You know, you can just write it and send it, and an artist will follow along, or you have somebody else who maybe uh, I think like Dave Chisholm, who elevates any project he's uh, involved in. Yeah. Um, so, what was that like getting getting Dave involved in this? At what point was I mean, was it all was your script done when he he came on board, or at what point did did uh, did he start working on illustrating it? So, so
0: actually, when I first turned it into a comic book, um, I, I did a a Kickstarter, and I was actually working with a different artist originally. Okay. So the plan was to do it as a graphic novel, and we did a Kickstarter, and and it was successful. And then, um, as we started, you know, as as the artist, um, his name's Jesse Balmer, was drawing it. You know, it, it started taking a lot more time. And in the interest of just getting something out there and and getting it and and releasing something rather than wait like however long it was going to take to make to draw the entire graphic novel, we started releasing it as individual issues. And so we did two issues. Um, and then as we were gearing up for the third one, Jesse had other things happen, you know, he he took a gig and it it just sort of like, he just wasn't going to be able to finish it. I needed to find another artist. And so I, I started looking around and I, I don't really remember how I found Dave. I think I was, I just saw him, his art somewhere. I forget. Mm -hmm. might've been Tumblr. I don't know. But it was—I uh, saw a cool drawing, and and it just felt like something that would make sense with the story. Um, and so I reached out to him and I asked him if he'd be interested. Um, and then and I ended up sending him the the novella, the Broken Bulbs novella, and I may have sent him the issues of the comic too. I don't remember, but um, he read it and and was excited about it. So then he started drawing the story from issue three, um, and we made uh three issues um and that was like over the course of actually like a couple of years we just sort of like slowly worked on this and and um and then um a couple of years ago actually right at the beginning of the pandemic i was like um you know i've always wanted this to be just a complete graphic novel and not a bunch of issues So how do you feel about going back to the beginning and just doing this thing as a full on book? And so actually like drawing it from the beginning of the script and so having the art be completely consistent. And so he went back and redrew what, you know, the part of the script that became issues one and two that Jesse did and then ended up finishing and we ended up finishing the whole thing um, last year. So it was a long process. and um, like, like like you said, Dave, when he came along, he sort of elevated it into a into a sort of another realm, and and um, was really amazing to work with. Yeah,
1: yeah, I, I really, particularly his um, in like the close-up panels, to the facial acting for Frank and for Bonnie. Um, it's just 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 really great. I mean, there's you know, there's just so much conveyed in in some of those panels. Um, but it, one of the things in terms of I, I said earlier on that especially if you're in any type of creative field, I, I mean, uh, you know, with social media now, if you spend any time with other comic book writers or even artists and on Twitter or anywhere uh, in social media, a lot of these themes that you talk about, you know, come up in terms of, um, having that next great idea, wanting something to be perfect, uh, finding meaning in your art and you're only as good as like the next project. And I mean, there were lot, there, there were, there were lines in this that I, I felt like, I, you know, you could get tattooed on you if you're in like a creative field, like, you know, you are not nothing with a period after every word. Um, yeah, so, I mean... I know there was a long process to get it into this graphic novel form, but when you first start, when you first sat down to tackle some of these ideas, did you know that this is what it was going to be? Like, did you have an idea of, I want to tackle all these themes, or did you, would you want to write about a guy who was trying to write a screenplay?
0: Um, I wanted to write about a guy who was struggling to create art. And it was really about, like, The, the, the initial idea came from that feeling that you get when you have a really good creative idea and you're like, oh my God, this, this is awesome. Like, this is so much fun. This is so interesting. And you get really, really excited, you know, and like you're in like the shower or something and you get this amazing idea and you're like, holy shit, like this is, this is it. then maybe you start working on it or maybe you just think about it a little bit more. Maybe the the dust settles a little bit on it and suddenly you feel like, oh, this is the worst, this is the worst idea I've ever had. And I'm, I have no right even trying to have ideas. I'm terrible at this. I'm a horrible human being because I can't create this or I can't finish this work or I can't do. And sort of, it's just sort of about like the highs that you get when you have the idea and the lows that. Yet when the idea doesn't really live up to what you expect it to be. And so I thought like, well, wouldn't it be interesting if like you could actually take that as a drug, that feeling of, of inspiration. And then I was like, well, like and just taking it as a pill or something wouldn't be particularly interesting to me. So then it's like, well, maybe the drug gets injected directly into your brain through a hole in your head. And then it was like, oh, well, then who would do that? You know, like, is it like something like a service? And then I just became like, oh, well, there's, you know, like a muse provides inspiration. Well, maybe the, there's this, there, there are muses out there who work for some company who inject inspiration into people's brains. Um, and then it just sort of came together from there. But it really just started as this idea of, of just trying to get at the truth of what it feels like when you have ideas. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then like the screenplay stuff all of that i mean is just stuff i took because it started as a screenplay and it's just me right stealing from my own life i guess
1: and and, well yeah and then um the other the other side of it with bonnie's story and i love i love how it it's not not a totally disjointed narrative, but this isn't told in like chronological order from like point A to point B. And I was not expecting Bonnie's story to be as like rich as it was like in the beginning. Mm -hmm. And then when you kind of started like peeling back the layers of who Bonnie was and how she got to like her spot and kind of the other side of it of like being someone's inspiration and what did that mean in terms of what, what is the art and what is the subject and and how do they fit in together and i I was like man from the first panel with a guy sitting there and you know a big pile of misery and as soon as you read it you know what i'm talking about and i'm like what am i getting into and i like as soon as we started to get into bonnie's story i was like god damn it this is fucking good
0: <laughs> Thank you. That's that's really good to hear. You know, the the so the the Bonnie stuff is um that sort of developed as I wrote the comic. Um Okay. Her in the novella, which isn't in print anymore, it's and, but it's um the story is told from Frank's point of view. It's a first person narrative and it's and she's sort of like like you know she's like the manic pixie dream girl if you like know that trope you know she's sort of like sure. here to like help help him figure his shit out right and and i think when i wrote that that's you know that's what i wrote but like as as i started digging into the story now years later it was like well this is just isn't you know this that's just not enough to make her this and you know this thing that is in service of of his story and so that actually became sort of an interesting thing to explore. Like as far as her role in the story, she is meant to service someone else's story and someone else's art. And so what does it feel like to be that person? And what does it feel like to be someone who had her own thing going on and sort of lost it? Um, you know, she used to be an artist herself and she became an actual, you know, a muse for her pretentious artists, boyfriend and, now she's a drug dealing muse, and and she kind of feels bad about it, and she doesn't really understand what her and it's sort of like it became this like, you can explore Frank's existential misery, but you can also explore Bonnie's existential misery, and and as as I was writing the graphic novel, the you know her her story started to become a little bit more interesting to me, mm-hmm. um, probably because it was a little less like navel gazy. Like, cause like, I, you know, so much of Frank's story is relatable to me and Bonnie's story is too, but like, you know, I'm, I'm far, I have far more in com- a lot more in common with Frank than I do Bonnie. And so like right. her story became a little bit more um, of an interesting thing for me to explore. Um, and that's sort of why like it, it just got more fleshed out and more fleshed out. And then I think the way it comes down to it, I, I honestly feel like she's kind of the main character of the story by the end yeah
1: yeah i i I kind of felt the the same way and um you know she's she is frank's you know drug dealer in the sense that frank is kind of addicted to these ideas these new ideas this inspiration but you know there's it's not a, like an apples to apples comparison. Like she's dealing him, and you know, an like heroin or something along those lines. There's something about Bonnie where, at least I think, she cares for this guy. She's concerned about him, and probably, you know, towards the end has a couple of lines in there. I don't want to spoil anything, but really cuts to like the heart of the matter. Um, and one of the, To paraphrase, there's an idea that you'll sometimes hear people say that, like, writing is therapy, and I, I get that 100%, but I also think, like, therapy is therapy, <laughs> and the idea is, like, yeah, like, right, you may feel better, you may have some type of catharsis by getting this idea or this story or making this movie or painting this painting, but, like, it's not going to... It's not going to fix you if you you tell your story there's there's still going to be something that you might have to deal with i'm a firm believer in that it can help you and it can be cathartic and i kind of feel like there's a bit of bonnie that is, is kind of trying to get that through to frank at various points um one of the other things i wanted to bring up in terms of addiction and frank's personality and something you and dave working together did really, really well, and I think it's hard to do in a comic, much easier to probably do in a, in a film, to do like a uh, uh a repetitious montage, where a character's kind of going the, through the same thing, and when Frank first started getting the delivery of toothpaste, and if you haven't read Tyranny of the Amuse, go read it, then come back and listen, you'll understand what I'm talking about, Um it's, it's easy, it's easy to see in Frank's personality. It was one of those like show don't tell. And it's hard to do and be interesting in a comic book to show the same or similar pattern of panels over and over again. Mm -hmm. But like, very quickly, it works so well to show that, yeah, there's there's something really broken about Frank. And he has this addictive personality. And it's not really just toothpaste. And then it's not really just the uh inspiration drug and i thought that was very smart as to how that was done and when it was done later in the comic and not in the beginning
0: Mm -hmm.
1: so i i just um did you have any like trepidation when you to 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 do that type of like repetitious paneling or
0: no no that's kind of exactly how i wanted it to be and what i wanted how i wanted it to come across like when i wrote those pages where we sort of repeat the exact same framing again. We do it a few times. Um, you know, I, I'd write into the script, please draw this exactly the same way as you did on page 18 or whatever it was. Okay. <laughs> um, and then I would actually like, you know, I'd paste, I, I, I'd put a link. Because like, w- we put some of this out as a as a webcomic too while, uh, while we were doing it. And so I would like paste a link into the script to the webcomic page that was online. So he could go back and reference it and know what I was talking about. Okay. Uh, just so it would feel exactly the same way. And there, there are frames in the book too that repeat. Like there's a scene in the beginning when Bonnie gives Frank an injection and they go back to his apartment so he could start writing. And she like, they like kick the door open. Um, to go into his apartment. And then later at the end of this st- closer to the end of the story, there's a part where Bonnie kicks the door open and it's exactly the same frame again. And I, I really wanted this like just things are constantly repeating and you just are you're stuck on this this sort of like uh you know it's like a like a Mobius strip of just your life is just going over and over and over again until you get out of it and try something new. Right. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Um well I I I definitely it worked um and it's the thing about this is about the comic in particular and you know again with your writing and and dave's uh i mean just wonderful artwork um it's a comic that i know i'm going to read again and discover things that you know i might have glossed over the first time um because he, he can pack so much detail into some of these into some of these panels yeah um I like the use of, I like his, just to talk about Dave for a second, I really like the use of kind of his, like, sight lines almost, especially with Bonnie when she's looking at a certain person. There's, I think, a scene when she's in the car with Matthew, Maddie, and, like, it's the layer about her, um, which is fantastic. Um, just the look on her face, it conveys a lot. And, uh, yeah, it really... Um, I just want to go back and like date into to it again already. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. He, he, he does this really amazing job of like, cause like in the script, some of that stuff is just like, Bonnie looks at Matthew, you know, mm-hmm. and he actually can add some emotion to that moment. You know, just with, with a, a few lines, it's a really interesting skill to have. Like it's something that like an actor could do in the scene, right. like look at him and be upset or look at him and, Be whatever, and and he like he understands, you know, like in his when he's drawing, he understands the the emotion of the scene and applies that emotion to this one moment where she's looking at him or looking at, you know, when she's in the art gallery at the beginning and she's disgusted by all the people. Like, you know, like I certainly didn't write in there like specifically what she should look like. Sometimes I would, but like not, you know. That's certainly like those are all of the things that he adds to the story. Right, drawing it—it's really interesting. It's—it's it's an amazing
1: talent. Yeah, it's one of the one of the reasons I really like the collaborative nature of uh, of uh, of comic books. Um, especially at times when you write something and then an artist takes it, and when you see the final panel, you're you're like, oh, yeah. I mean, I wrote the panel description, but that's not how I pictured it in my head, and oh, this is better.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there would be times where he would draw something. Or he'd be like, you know, like I'd, I'd send him a script pages and he would be working on it and be like, hey, is it cool if I just do this? You know, and like, can I add a few extra panels? Because I think this would be cool.
1: Be right. Like, yeah, sure.
0: What the hell? Yeah, go for it.
1: And so, um, I mean, I know I was, when I was like on your website and doing some research before the interview, I saw all the different things that you have been, you know, involved in over the years. Um, so I, I kind of... Um, i mean if writing's involved it seems like you've been in it you've done other comics and you've written like ads and um other all other you know type of of content is there in, in addition to the novella and book is there anything that like is there any one that you kind of prefer in terms of writing
0: um i think you know i think when it comes down to it like writing a novel is probably like it, it's uh, like you don't need you don't need you could sit down and do it yourself and get it done and you could tell your story it's the hardest i think like just from like a sit down and get it done point of view yeah. but, like it's probably the 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 purest form of of like just telling a story but it's also you know it's like i said it's the hardest one for me to do um but like I think like I also really love writing scripts. It's I, I don't have enough opportunity to do it as much as I would like to, but I love writing a script like and for, you know, like wh- whether it's a video or or a movie or whatever. Writing dialogue, that kind of stuff is probably my favorite thing to do is, is um to write, but um I like a lot of it, you know. Definitely like the the fictional stuff is what I like most as opposed to like writing ads and, the, and that, that sort of stuff is just, that's, that, that's work. Um, yeah, that pays the bills so I could do other things, but right. I don't know. It's a hard, it's, it's a hard thing to say. I, I like, I like a lot of it. They all have their pros and they all have significant cons and, and the con is usually hard work, you know, and whether it's hard work, sit down and do it hard work it requires money, hard work. You have to collaborate with someone else because you don't have like a comic, like I can't draw it. So I need to get someone to collaborate with me, which is, right. you know, and if it, it, that could, that takes time that could take money that could take all, all kinds of things. Writing a movie is insane. Right. Cause like it's insanely expensive. So it's just like, it's all, it's all really rewarding, but all, has the potential to make you miserable at the same time, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. Yeah,
1: yeah. What's the, the? I I um I forget who first said. There's a quote that I always think of, and I, I I do. I'll have to look it up. I do not remember who said it, but the the idea behind it was like uh, they hate. Like I hate writing, but I really love having written. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that,
0: like it's totally like if you could just like being done is the best. You know like doing the work work sucks (laughs) so like there's times where it's great and it's really fun it's really cool when you write something and you can look back at it and be like whoa like i that's weird like i i don't remember even doing that
1: that's pretty good
0: you know like that's that's a really rewarding thing but then other times it's like oh i'm i'm the worst person who ever lived and i have no right doing any of this and so it's just it's a it's a weird thing it's a strange thing to want to make stuff because it's hard to make stuff
1: yeah yes it is it's hard to make stuff but i mean uh but it's good that you've made this that you and Dave (laughs) have come together and made this
0: yeah yeah. about a
1: guy who's trying to write a screenplay or trying to write something what is it what is what is the line you wrote frank said he's looking for a perfect project Mm-hmm. It'll be all better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I'm an attorney, and I will use your own words against you.
0: It's <laughs> yeah, pretty good, though. Yeah. So there you go. I don't. I don't remember writing that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um, so, what? What other stuff are you uh, working on currently? Are you Are you working on anything now?
0: I'm. Um... I'm sort of like trying to figure out what the next thing is, right? Yeah, I'm I'm like circling like I feel like it's a novel. Um, I have an idea for a sequel to this story, but I don't I don't know if I want to do that. Um, I'm I'm working on a um a project with a friend of mine. It's a um like a pitch for a TV show. Um, and so. I don't know what that'll end up being, but it's mm-hmm. really fun to try to do. And um, yeah, I think the next like thing I'm just doing by myself, though, is, is there's a good chance it's going to be a novel. I, I have I started writing something and I don't know if it's going to stick, but then I have an idea for something else. So I'm sort of I'm zeroing in on it. OK, yeah, um, it'll be something. <laughs> hopefully. <laughs> Um, yeah, and I still, I, you know, I'd really like to develop Tyranny of the Muse into, I, I would really like it to be a movie and I, I would like to figure out how to do that.
1: So that's yeah. something
0: that, that's on the, like, on the hopefully near future is me figuring out how to st- start, how to make that into something. Because I think, I think it would be good. Like, I love it as a graphic novel and I'm mm-hmm. happy with only that. But I, I would, I would really like it to take another step. Yeah. Yeah. So, I don't know.
1: Well, well, best of luck. I mean, I'll, uh, I'll, I'll be there to see it. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, it's a that's that's another thing. Do you agree? I mean, that precious is the wrong word. I, 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 but I can't think of a better one. Um, if I were a better writer, I, I, I would have a better word. But. Um, you know, if you were to adapt it, you, you adapted the novella into the this, and then, you know, movies are a little different, though, just like when you have a, a comic script and the artists get it, some of the panels might change, some of those details might change. This is the same thing. You adapt it to a screenplay, and then if you're not the one directing it, it might change a little bit here and there, depending yeah. on the director or cinematographer or editor. Do, do you, are there parts of this story that you're like, it, this has to stay in there?
0: yeah i mean i think uh, th- like i i feel like all of it <laughs> like that's what like, th- this I-, I think like this this th- there's a reason why i haven't stopped writing this you know uh-huh. like i've been doing it for a long time and it's because i really care about it it's right. so, like there of course there are things that would change and i think there are things that could be developed further um you know some it could definitely like like th- things like like you know casting and stuff like like i would be open to any of that you know i'd be open sure. to changing people or whatever yeah. i don't know but like the story is the story right kind of i don't know it's a it's a it's something i haven't really thought about because like the way i think about it is like well if i'm gonna make it into something i'm clearly gonna do it myself because that's
1: kind of what <laughs> i you know.
0: but i don't know
1: that's your that's your diy mentality
0: yeah i mean it's just i it's how i've always thought about every project ever in my life even when i'm doing things for hire you know it's always like well i'm doing this by myself i don't need anybody's help and that's it's never true you always need someone's help but start out that way it's like i'll just do it who gives a shit i'll figure it out right um yeah
1: um I wanted to ask in terms of, you know, uh, I'm always curious as to what people are either influenced by or what they're kind of like consuming. Do you have time to, whether or not it's comics or movies or TV or books or theater, is there anything that you're, you know, into right now that um, is really Um, kind of, uh, you know, getting those, making you want to write again. You know, I love when you see something or read something and you're like, ah, this makes me want to, Create.
0: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm reading. Um. I'm reading a book. I can't. It, uh, a book right now called Sweet Spot by Paul Bloom. I think it's Paul Bloom is the author's name. It's a nonfiction book about why why people like to be miserable. <laughs> and um. Okay. This is very. It's very. That's very on brand for the kind. Of, if if you've read much, but um. <laughs> And it's sort of it's it's really like making me think a lot about potential story ideas. Um, okay. and it's something that I I find endlessly interesting is 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 misery and unhappiness, yes. but like in like like the, the people's desire to live an unhappy life. It's it's just that I don't know. I, these are the things I'm thinking about right now. But I, I'm reading that book and it's really interesting. Um, and uh uh what else am I watching? I don't know. I'm re- I'm I'm I just reread um Jesus' Son by Dennis Johnson, which is might be my favorite book of all time. And I, I've I've probably read it, you know, five or six times at this point. I just reread it again the other day. And that book that book is one of the biggest influences on on Tyranny of the Muse. Um
1: Oh, okay. I'm not familiar with it, so I'll have to uh I'll have to
0: check it out. Jesus' yeah. Son. Jesus' Son. Yeah. It's a it's a really beautiful. It's a bunch of short stories about a, a heroin addict just sort of drifting through life. Um, and it's really poetic and really beautifully written. It was adapted into a movie that is also really good. It's a little, it's a little different, um, just as far as who the how they portray the main character, but okay. So rereading that sort of has like grounded me back into sort of like the things that have always inspired me you know just sort of like this like weird gritty
1: mm-hmm.
0: poetic grimy kind of stuff that right. sort of and so I'm I, that's sort of like why i revisited it recently is because i'm i'm trying to think of a new thing to do okay and so i sort of like go back to like the things that initially meant a lot to me right uh, and so that's why I reread that. But yeah, other than that, I'm, yeah, It's not a, a ton. I'm, uh, I did enjoy Better Call Saul. That's, that, that was inspiring. It's a hell of a show, but yeah.
1: I, I, I've been, I, I, I've been it until it was all done. Um, so now that's like next on my list. Um, I, <laughs> yeah. I, I have, I have a tough time getting into shows that are like, You know lawyer shows even even tangentially but i did watch like the first season of better call Saul, and i thought the the first episode courtroom scene is probably the most accurately depicted courtroom scene um uh you know because it was like no frills and it you know it uh wasn't a fancy courtroom and you know i think that was the one the video didn't work um but yeah Uh, that's on that's on my list well oh, awesome. I see the the evil dead. I was been admiring the evil dead and the, the shining posters behind you.
0: Yeah. I just got that Evil Dead one. The um yeah, the Shining is probably my favorite movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Um I'm kind of I have a like sort of an unhealthy fixation on it. And um,
1: oh, a writer that's slowly going in. Yeah.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but I, I think it's I just love it. And so I, I have a shit ton of Shining stuff. It's all over here. You can't see it, but um, I think about it constantly. I love it, and I watch it as often as I can.
1: Yeah, uh, it's on the top of my list. I love The Shining too. I mean, Nicholson's performances. I, I and um, what? Uh, Shelly Duvall, right? Well, yeah. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, it's it's, um,
0: it's it it is the most. Um, accurate portrayal of a dysfunctional family in my opinion like it is it is perfect like it's not just a movie about a guy going crazy it's a movie about a very broken family and it's and sort of what it's like to live in a house with a scary family you know it's it's perfect
1: yeah i agree
0: yeah
1: awesome um so the uh I can't recommend enough to anyone listening um you know tyranny of the muse is you know is there anything else um you kind of wanted to you know say about it before we wrap up
0: no I mean I hope um, people you know go out there and read it it's at tyranny tyranny of the muse.com uh, you can get a copy I uh, can get it in print or digitally it's also on um, on Amazon on Kindle and i I hope people read it it's it took a long time to to finish so it'd be nice if, <laughs> be nice if people read it yeah
1: yeah and, and um i mean people who have listened to the podcast know that i i mean I, I i talk to people who are creating stuff that i like and that 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 i'm into and um i, I do have to say though out of uh, you know uh, a lot of the comic books that I like, whether or not it's horror or science fiction, which is where my tastes tend to. Um, as somebody that, uh, to, you know, in the beginning of the pandemic thought, I'd like to try my hand at like, writing comic books and interviewing people and, and reviewing, and um, uh, it really connected with me the idea of, you know, if I get this out on paper or if I write it down, I'm going to I'm going to fix something and you know um seeing what Frank goes through to try and find that next big thing and and struggling to write and struggling to deal with the desire to write and create and you know I think everyone that's out there creating has their own reasons for it but um you're you're probably not going to fall in line with uh with Frank or Bonnie and I I certainly you know don't um but there was a lot that I got out of this and um Yeah, it really meant uh, a lot to me reading it and the work that Eddie and uh, Dave Chisholm have put into it. um, It's a remarkable graphic novel. So especially if you in any way create whether or not you've written one thing or one, you've made one painting or whatever it might be. um, I I can't recommend this enough. So I really hope people check it out. And Eddie, thank you uh, very much for um, for joining me today and uh i know we had some technical difficulties early on but i'm glad we we're able to get through it and i uh this has been a fantastic conversation thank you
0: yeah thank you very much and thank you for saying such nice stuff about the book appreciate it
1: yeah um so uh i think that's uh we're gonna wrap it up here today um so uh if you like the podcast and you like the interviews that we do please you know rate and review and all the other things they on podcasts and say nice things and tell your friends and we'll put a link in the uh, show notes where you can get tyranny any of the news. And um, just uh, again, a big thank you to Eddie Wright for being on the podcast today and um, hope everyone has a good night and I will uh, see you next time. Thanks, Eddie.
0: Thank you. This is Byron O'Neill, one of your hosts of the Cryptid creator corner brought to you by comic book Yeti. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of our podcast. Please rate, review, subscribe, all that good stuff. It lets us know how we're doing, and more importantly, how we can improve. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode of the Cryptid Creator
1: Corner, maybe you would enjoy our sister podcast, Into the Comics Cave. Listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.